of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So here we are, right the day after Christmas, and you know, everything kind of just kind of seems to kind of take a lull, right? All that busyness of the season just kind of slows down. Everything is just kind of at a standstill. Here we are in the busyness of things, of trying to prepare. And now Christmas has finally come, and sometimes it feels like it's extinguished. It's done, right? Christmas is over. We've already opened our presents. We've eaten our pacha, which, uh, by the way, I, remember, I don't know if you remember, like a few weeks ago, I was trying to make an example, right? I said, everyone who eats pacha is evil, right? Do you guys remember that? Yeah? Okay, so I said, everyone who eats pacha is evil, right? At the same time, I was just joking, I love pacha, but I was trying to make an example, right? But then yesterday, as I was eating pacha, I was like, man, maybe there's a homily out of this, right? Here's sin that looks so good, looks amazing in pacha, right? And then we eat it, and afterwards, what happens? It doesn't quite fulfill you, and you just feel like taking a nap, you just feel like kind of, you slow down in the spiritual life, right? Here's sin, and it slows you down in the spiritual life, because all the rizzah and all the, you know, it kind of gets you, and you feel tired. In the same way, we can see our relationship with God kind of slowing down in the spiritual life. But that's just me. When I eat pacha, I, I think too much. And don't think too much when you eat pacha, just enjoy pacha. Good. Good. <laughs> Good. So we've all congratulated each other on the birth of Jesus, right? Everyone, and we congratulate each other on the birth of Jesus. But what I want to focus on today is, is now here we are the next day. The church sees this as the day in which we congratulate Mary, the mother of God, for saying yes. We congratulate We thank you. We praise you. We honor you. We thank you for saying yes because of your yes, because of your willingness to endure what you endured. We have Jesus. Jesus enters the world. Because of your yes, Mary. That is what we focus on today. Especially the day after Christmas. We say, okay, Christmas ads might die down, right? The Christmas music will stop, but life continues on, and sometimes we forget the simple fact. We forget the simple fact that Jesus is among us, that Mary is looking out for us, that Mary watches over us and guides us all to her son, Jesus. Christmas has to live on in our hearts each and every day. And the things that we learn from this Advent season, the Subara season, that led in to Christmas, we have to ponder those things in our hearts. In the same way in the Christmas reading, where the shepherds come to adore Jesus, they come to adore Jesus and they fall on their knees and they tell Mary everything that's happened. The angels that came to the shepherds and they told Mary this is what happened in the fields, they'll never believe this. And what we hear at the end of the gospel is that Mary ponders all these things in her heart. She keeps them close. In the same way, we have to ponder these things that we learn in the Advent season, in the Sobara season, and this Christmas season. We have to take time to reflect on these good spiritual things that we've taken. We can't just forget about it after Christmas is done and over. But it has to be pondered. It has to be continually taken from our prayer. Right? For example, like Joseph, who takes the time for silence each and every day to hear the word of God, we have to take that into our prayer. Like Mary, who says to God, to the angel of the Lord, Here I am, do with me what you will. We say the same to God. Like the shepherds who stepped out of their comfort zones, who stepped out of kind of you know, being comfortable just in the fields to go out into what they feared. You know, here, here's this angel of the Lord appearing to them. And the first thing the angel says is, because the angel knows they're going to be afraid, is do not be afraid. 
And the shepherds are like, what is going on, right? But they step out of their comfort zone because they've seen God. And after they've seen God, they rise up to the challenge. They step out of their comfort zones and they go to worship God. This will be before Christmas. You've all prepared again to receive the special gift, the gift of Jesus, a gift you receive each and every day, but especially each and every Sunday. You receive this gift of Jesus. And this is a gift that can't be kept to ourselves. It cannot. As we focus on Mary today, and we congratulate her, and we thank her, in the same way we're called to take Jesus out into the world. Right? All of us yesterday went over to the family, we went to families' houses, whatever it might be, right? We saw people who we only see every once in a while, family members, friends, things of that nature. The question becomes, are you showing Jesus to them? By the testimony of your faith, by the way in which you act, by the way in which you speak. Are you talking to them about Jesus? A lot of times we think the priest, whatever, right? We think this is the, the duty of religious to spread Jesus. I just come to church and I kind of put it in a little box, and that's my Sunday box. And every other day of the year, every other day of the week, I'm good. I can do whatever I want every other day of the year, whatever. I live my, I live my life the way I want it, but that's my Sunday thing. My Sunday thing, I go to church, right? It's not the way it works. It's not the way it works. We're all called as Christians not to keep this gift to ourselves. We're not called to keep this gift to ourselves, but we're called to spread it to the world. A lot of times we're not going to go into the world, right? Sometimes we might not travel more than 25 miles, right? Out of, out of this place most of the time of the year. Jesus never traveled 20, more than 25 miles outside of Jerusalem. Never. And yet, he formed the biggest religion on the face of the earth. We're called to start here at home. We're called to start here at home to spread Jesus to those we know in our life who might, might not see a need for Jesus. Right? For one reason or another, they just feel pretty far from him. Today's gospel, we see Herod. Herod the king who basically was known for his cruelty. He was known for his cruelty. At times, he could be generous. When the people were starving, he rolled back the taxes a little bit, things like that, right, to give them a little bit more extra money in their pockets. But in general, he was very much known for his cruelty. He, um, he killed his mother, or, I'm sorry, he killed his wife and his mother-in-law, and then he ended up killing three of his sons because they thought, he thought they were going to fight for his throne. Towards the end of his life, he retires to this, this, one of his most beautiful cities, he retires to Jericho, and he has all of the most, like the, the most distinguished and well-known citizens of Jerusalem. He has them all arrested. And he's, they're given orders. The guards are given orders to execute all of those citizens as soon as he dies. As soon as Herod dies. Because Herod knows that when he dies, not a single tear will be shed. No one's going to miss the guy. But he says, if I execute all these people, all these citizens of Jerusalem, at least somebody's going to cry. There's going to be some sort of tears that's going to happen. That's exactly what happens. So he's known as a very cruel man. And so here he is, he hears Jesus, he hears about the coming of Jesus, and he's scared. He's very worried. And what we see from this, right, what we see in the Gospel story today is this. There's three different reactions that when we spread the Word of God to our family members, to our friends, there's three different reactions that we could get. And we see this today in the Gospel story. We can see, for example, Herod. Herod, who once he hears the news of Jesus, he's afraid. He acts with hostility. 
He goes against Jesus. His first instinct is to destroy Jesus. That's the first thing on his mind. This guy is going to change the way that I live. This guy is going to put kind of these, these boundaries on me and I can't do much. He's a threat to how I live. How many people today, right? When they first hear the notion of Jesus, when they hear the idea of the person of Jesus, they act with this anger. Well, I don't want to change the way that I live. I like the way that I live. Right? I like to, to eat my pacha and do what I want and I don't care. So many today don't want to change the way they live and that is the first group that it falls into. They're hostile towards Jesus because they're, they're interested in living life the way they want. They don't realize that the way they're living their life just brings emptiness and sadness. There's the second group. There's the scribes and the chief priests that Herod goes to and says, where is this king going to be born? Where is this king going to be born? Because I, I want to find out because I want to praise him, right? And they say, they look through the scriptures and they say, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. He's like, oh, okay, Bethlehem, okay. You know, the wise men come and he says, okay, show me, when you want to find the child, show me, because I want to go and honor him, right? In reality, he wants to kill him. The scribes and the Pharisees fall into the second group. These are the people who could care less about Jesus. They hear about the word of Jesus, you know. Maybe even sometimes they, they come to church, things like that. And they hear about Jesus and it's nice and everything. And then they leave and they continue their life as normal. Nothing has changed for them. They remain indifferent. A lot of times I think we can fall into the same trap of going through routine. I've just kind of seen Jesus as, okay, this is nice, it's good. I can release this message. And then we leave and it doesn't impact our life at all. We pass by Christmas and it's nice, it's nice and... Whatever, we go on to the next holiday and rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Other things really take the place of Jesus in our life. This is, these are the kind of people that we really can be working on, right? If we have family members who we understand fall into the second group, then we can work on these people. We can pray for these people. But both groups of people we can truly pray for. That they might find Jesus, but they'll only find Jesus when you invite them. When you yourself invite them. When you show them what it means to have a true encounter and relationship with Jesus. That's what we're looking for. That you find Jesus, encounter Him, have a relationship with Him, and then we can go out and show Him to others. Which brings us to the third group, the wise men. The wise men see something amazing. And they get lost in love. They get lost in praise of Jesus. They want nothing more than to offer gifts to Jesus. They travel far distances, all the way, we're told, from Persia into Bethlehem, just to deliver gifts to Jesus. Just to lay at the feet of Jesus their lives. They get lost in love. That's the third group. A reaction of worship. We want to worship Jesus once we know who He is. So the question we have to ask ourselves is this. Do we know God personally and have we encountered Him? Have we encountered Jesus each and every Sunday? Are we able to truly understand this gift that we've been given? Which, by the way, is a mystery. We'll never truly understand it. But each and every day we grow closer to Jesus. We begin to have a little bit more of a taste of what it means to understand the mystery that Jesus has given us. Are we truly understanding what it is? Are we growing in our faith? And are we 
as we go out and live our lives, are we giving testimony? Are we giving witness to that light? That light that we've seen? Or do we keep that light hidden in our hearts? Because Jesus doesn't want it hidden in your hearts. He wants you to share it. So that everyone else may know the light of Jesus. Amen?